0: You're here on episode 163. Which diet worked for you the most? Are you still on that diet or was it unsustainable? Or was the food that you ate boring or too complex to make work every day and because you didn't have a chef in the house, it was simply too difficult to make all of these foods taste good in the same bowl? A lot of diets fail due to their complexity or their depravity. I've never met a healthy person that said, Oh, I just love how hungry I am all the time. (laughs) Or I just love spending two hours a day cooking. This is why on today's episode, you're going to be introduced to a diet that will rock the foundations on your belief systems about health and nutrition. We're talking about how the carnivore diet can be really beneficial for digestive and metabolic health problems, of which about 88% of the population experience. And we dip our toes in the water on the conversation that eating meat is apparently killing the planet. So if you're open to learning more about a way of eating that might just be the thing that works, then let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up my healthy friends? Here we are back in action for the first interview of the year. In 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. And so, without further ado... Today's guest and I connected on the Quit Sugar Summit and uh, we were on a networking call and had a bit of a conversation and thought it would be an amazing idea for us to have a conversation that we record for you to listen to because this wonderful woman is so impressive. Let me tell you a little bit about her. I'd like to introduce you to Amber Wentworth, otherwise known as the Lone Star Keto Girl on Instagram and all of the platforms. Amber is a nutritionist, life coach, carnivore and intermittent fasting coach, podcaster and a huge keto and carnivore enthusiast and you might even say a bit of a celebrity in this space amber had battled with her weight issues since she was 10 years old she's dealt with multiple eating and exercise disorders and has tried pretty much every diet out there at some point to put this journey into perspective she's lost 80 to 100 pounds four times that's losing 40 kilos four separate times not only did she have weight challenges, but there were also the other symptoms that come with that. Reflux, gut issues, rosacea, high blood pressure, hypertension, developing Reynard syndrome, becoming pre-diabetic, and of course, the one that not many people speak about, developing depression. However, that all changed when she stumbled across keto, the ketogenic diet. And this next step might push your belief systems on food and nutrition, but stay around for this whole episode and all will be explained. So the keto diet got her most of the way, but Amber still had a little healing to do and a friend kept pestering her to give carnivore a try. So she moved from keto to full carnivore in March 2019, which took her all the way, now being totally off all medications and having absolutely no health challenges at all. And a little side note, I'm actually doing carnivore for the entire month of January 2022. So only animal products for the entire month. And the reason being is because I've heard so much about the therapeutic benefits and the weight loss benefits and all of the benefits that come with eating this way. And as we're going to learn on today's episode with Amber, there are so many benefits. And so as a nutritionist myself, I wanted to know firsthand what the experience is like from all angles, not just physically, but also financially and what's it like to incorporate into your day-to-day life and all of those types of things. So I will be able to report back soon. Anyway, She's here to talk us through the keto carnivore journey and conversation today. A big warm welcome, Amber. How are you going?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks, Maddie.
0: I'm so excited to have this conversation because carnivore and keto, like keto's been big in the last few years, and now carnivore's coming up. So I'm just really curious you've had such a dietary history, yo yo diets and cycling up and down with weight and health. Why didn't the other diets work? What was it about all the other diets? <laughs>
1: Quite frankly, because they sucked. They absolutely sucked. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get real. Tell Um, it real. I like it. Yeah. Well, the problem is it's not sustainable because the diets that are told are so healthy and so great for you never addressed my satiety it it didn't address my hormones Mm -hmm. and i i i did it by sheer willpower Mm -hmm. and i do have crazy crazy willpower when i set my mind to it bam that's it i'm gonna meet my goals period end of story and Mm -hmm. i and i did every single time and but the problem came when i met my goal i knew that's where my struggle actually began because the losing the weight part that wasn't so bad. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it didn't suck because it did, but I was able to power through that without a problem. But then I knew there is no way I could keep doing that because it was miserable. Mm-hmm. And how much more could I eat less? How much more do, would I have to move? I mean, I was down to eating 800 calories at one point and mm-hmm. exercising two to five hours a day, six days a week. Whoa. How much more? do you want from me and i knew that in order to continue to either maintain or to lose whatever i'd have to keep eating less and moving more mm-hmm. eating less moving more and and it, it just gets to the point where i'm like i can't do this anymore i just can't yeah. i'm tired i'm miserable i'm hating life i'm hating everybody else too <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> i'm hating people who can eat normal food you know mm-hmm. and and and, and Seemingly be okay with it. I even envied those that were obese, but they were okay with what they were doing because I would look at food and go, oh, good God. No, I can't have that. You know, and I would watch other people just eat it and not care. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how do you not care? You know? And so I envied even those people. It was not a, it was a very miserable existence, you know, always worrying about that and to never, you know, to always be hungry, to always be craving, to always, you know, feel deprived. Mm -hmm. Deprivation was the biggest thing for me. It's, and that's why I got really angry and irritable is, is the deprivation and sure. feeling like I was missing out on something that everybody else seemed to be able to enjoy. Why couldn't I? What was wrong with me? Why did my body not work?
0: Yeah. that's I hear that so much as well. And so you're in a situation where you're 800 calories, so you're starving yourself. And then on the other end of the day, you're burning yourself out mm-hmm. with with activities that need more calories, right? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so exactly
1: tough. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did everything. I did, you know, uh, free weights. I did the machines. I did back-to-back classes. I was in Zumba and body pump and mm-hmm. uh, you name it, I did it. I went to four different gyms. Yeah. Just to make sure I hit all the classes. Wow. I went in the morning. I went in the evening, depending on when the classes were. Sometimes I did three classes in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was kind of in my exercise, you know, issue days, but no, but you know, you, you feel like that's what you have to do to move the needle. Yeah. And I did because of the state I had my body in and from all the years of restrictive eating and, you know, the eating disorders and all of that mm-hmm. and eating the, the crap food, you know, yeah, it really messed with my body a lot. And so, yeah, <laughs> in order to do anything, I had to do that. And that's a sign I come to understand now is if you have to do that in order to move the scale, there's something really wrong, something really, really wrong.
0: I absolutely agree. And I think that's one of the things with sort of diet culture is that or the past diet culture is that it really treats the human body as if it's like a unidimensional thing. It's like calories in, calories out as if there's not literally a million other things, probably more happening in the human body. And to the logical person that's not invested in biology in any way, like that makes perfect sense. If I put energy in, I should burn the same amount or burn even more to get, you know, the excess that I've put in gone. But there's so many thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions of other things that that food is doing. And even some of the calories you put in go out the back door when you go to the toilet. Like they don't all get absorbed, right? So like this old message makes sense at face value to someone that's not in nutrition or health. So you can see why it's kind of, you know, took off and and still drives me crazy. Do you have this experience on Instagram where you scroll past the personal trainers, particularly personal trainers that are banging on the calorie deficit drum?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I find that so frustrating because it's such a losing battle. Oh, I mean, yeah. did I lose my weight doing that? You bet I did. Sure, I did. Mm-hmm. But at what cost? At what cost? Mm. My sanity? <laughs> my metabolism? My my body? I mean, you know, what cost? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, our bodies are not calculators, Totally you don't work like that. We are not a closed system. Mm-hmm. We have these little things called hormones. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have so much going on, and the bio individuality. I mean, what a food is good for one person may not be good for another. So you mm-hmm. can't treat any of that the same. And you know, everybody's needs are just a little different. I mean, yeah. it, it, you're not a calculator. Sorry, if it um, was that easy, good golly. You know, oh, totally. I mean, wouldn't we all be thin? I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah it would, have all, it would have worked the first time for everyone and this podcast would have no point to existing.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> the other thing I like to sort of comment on with the calorie conversation and our bodies being so complex and, and not a closed system is the calorie idea as well So implies that at midnight while we're asleep, somebody comes in and presses reset. <laughs> Someone goes, oh, we're back to zero. <laughs> like as if the calories just evaporated in the night.
1: <laughs> and we start all over, recalibrate, bam. Yeah. And, and, you know, I see it daily. I still see it daily and it drives me absolutely nuts because it's like, that is so not fair to that person. You're telling them, this is all you have to do. Mm -hmm. Bam. You know, And my other favorite one though, is everything in moderation. You should not deprive yourself of anything. Just don't eat as much of it. Mm hmm. Okay, yeah, that's super easy to do when you're an addict. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, when you're addicted to that those carbs and the sugar, I mean, it's 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 not so easy to just go, oh, okay, I'll just have a little bite of that. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And obviously if eighty-eight percent of us are metabolically damaged, if you want to say, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I think we have some problems there. So that whole just eat whatever you want, just moderate it. Hmm. You know, it's kinda of like and, and for some people, some foods are poison to people. And yeah. so it's like, well, gee, I like the taste of arsenic. Hmm. But if I just have <laughs> a little bit and moderate it, it'll be fine. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. No.
0: totally totally yeah trying to get somebody or the other trying to get someone to moderate themselves is hard enough which is why you know coaches like you and i exist because accountability Mm -hmm. and, and direction from somebody external to ourselves but we can convince ourselves of anything we can wake up in the morning and be like yes i feel so good i'm only ever gonna eat healthy food again and have a great day and the next day you're like well i did pretty well yesterday So maybe I can take today off. -hmm. (laughs) It's the same brain as having both of those conversations.
1: I can reward (laughs) myself because I did so good. Or I worked out for an hour in the gym, so I should be able to have a little piece of that chocolate cake. Yeah, mm, how that worked yeah, out this for you? <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Totally. And see, people want to believe this desperately, and I get it. I would love to be one of those people who could moderate, and it didn't hurt me. You know, because mm. even those that can moderate, and they don't show it on the outside, they may mm. be doing damage on the inside. They may be messing oh, sure. with their, you know, insulin levels and et cetera, and other parts, fatty liver, et cetera. There's all these different things, but just because you're not diagnosed yet or you don't have blubber on the outside of your body doesn't mean it's not doing damage so you know I, these little cutesy girls and their little outfits and they're going everything in moderation you know it <laughs> makes me nuts because I'm like maybe you can honey maybe you can at your little 20 year old age you know <laughs> but that's not reality for most of us sorry
0: <laughs> yeah people giving diet advice should have at least have had a problem or at least live enough life to know that hormones especially for women yes. are a complicated beast. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you for mentioning that for especially for women because good golly, I mean, what the the hormones we got going on, you just cannot even put it in the same category now.
0: totally the other one is um that we hear all the time is uh have a balanced diet Uh, 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 balanced balanced means that the weight on either end of the seesaw needs to be the same so is it the same amount of health versus the same amount of toxic food
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) define balance that's just like moderation define that for me can you tell me exactly what that looks like for me I mean, it, define yeah. it, please, because I'm not really sure you can define that for each person because what's moderate for me may not be moderate for you. And, you yeah. know, it's like, mm, yeah,
0: totally so there's obviously some really big flaws in diet culture over the last well probably forever but you know research shows that those flaws have been there for the last hundred-ish years in medical research and looking at the the human body which i think still is a flaw of um, medical research which i've been a part of for a long time is it looks at the human body like a car like a vehicle of parts and that no other part relates to a different part and you can just take bits and pieces out and swap them over Mm -hmm. and there's you know it doesn't factor in the complexity so I think, yeah, when we look at the body like that, we inevitably are going to run into a problem. But speaking of the fuel that goes into that quote unquote vehicle, the human vessel. So we've talked about the culture that's been around for a long time of dieting and reward systems and bargaining and, and that type of thing. You, but you went all the way to carnivore. So now let's talk about the nutrition. Like, why were carbohydrates a problem for you?
1: Uh, Well, because number one, they're addictive. And uh, number two, what honestly, my biggest issue as far as that goes was the fiber content. Oh, Mm I know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, you need fiber. Oh, my goodness. You cannot survive without fiber. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. I've almost survived three years without fiber and I'm pretty good and I still poop Mm -hmm. and everything. (laughs) You know, people have this (laughs) idea that you got to have all this gobble, gobble fiber and more and more and more. Well, that was a real issue Mm -hmm. for me because... I was about three years old when I first started having issues, digestive issues, mainly if you want to get down to it, constipation. But I Mm -hmm. ate vegetables like crazy. I was one of those weird kids. I mean, give me that spinach, give me that vegetables. You know, I didn't really eat a lot of meat. I ate meat, but not a lot of it. I wanted vegetables. I wanted it for breakfast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I was a, a weird kid. But as I got older, I still ate lots and lots of vegetables. Now, of course, then you throw in the the grains and all that mess. And I had major issues i mean gosh by like at the age of eight i would bust vessels under my eyes because of straining so hard i mean i've I've had this issue for a long time anyway when i was probably in my like i guess 30s i i was it progressively got worse and so Mm -hmm. you're told oh well you need more fiber right (laughs) yeah so Mm -hmm. i added in flax seeds Oh, good gosh. That was awful. I remember being right. on the river walk in San Antonio with my husband. And at some at one point, I, I just went to my knees. And I was like, I, I can't walk. My stomach hurts so bad. I don't, I don't know what's wrong. And so he like yeah. helped me to a restaurant that was right there and sat me down. And, and I had to sit there for like a good hour before I could straighten back up because I hurt so bad. It was because I was severely constipated. <laughs> and it was all bunched mm-hmm. up in there. Anyway, um, that was because of the skin seeds i came to find out so in my head i was like okay well i shouldn't be eating additional fiber never once did i think about the fiber that's in plants or grains for that Mm -hmm. that matter i I never thought about that so it got better once i removed the flax seeds but i still had the initial issue that i had to begin with as why i took the flax seeds in the first place and Mm -hmm. um then you know after going keto you know i had many many years of dealing with this issue But then when I went keto, pretty quick, I noticed a big difference, but I had gotten rid Mm -hmm. of the grains and I was eating a lot of grains because I ate oatmeal and you know, blah, 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 all the stuff that's supposed to be good for you. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. I removed all that on keto and it improved, but I still had the issue, but just Uh not as bad. But after Uh a couple of days on carnivore, (laughs) I was like, wait a minute this is what digestion is supposed to feel like. What? My gas, wow. my bloat, my constipation, it was gone. And I'm telling within a few days of removing the fiber. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is why I stay carnivore.
0: So for me, that begs the question that comes up in a in a vegan conversation with uh, clients often, which is that there's a honeymoon period, right, of veganism. Right. Like people feel great when they go vegan. Right. Um, and then it takes, you know, on average – Two years for people's nutritional deficiencies to start showing up. Some people, it's you know, they can go their whole life and they're fine, but that's a very small minority. But most people, you know, start getting the low energy, uh, gut issues, uh, bloating, low low stomach acidity because they haven't put acidic meat into their stomach in a long time. Um, And so, my question then is, being devil's advocate, obviously, I'm a big fan of what you do, (laughs) but being devil's advocate for the listeners that are really new to the idea of just eating meat is are you just in this honeymoon period that hasn't yet reached its inevitable end of some type of nutritional deficiency, which you're currently unaware of?
1: You know, that's always a possibility. And I will never say never. Um, I I can't Mm -hmm. say that because yes, you are right. And that happens in veganism. I suppose it could happen with this. The only thing that I can say is if, if you look at our past, how we evolved. I mean, yes, our ancestors did eat some vegetation and stuff. Yes, but they, most of the societies, you know, whatever you want to say, uh, ate mm-hmm. meat, and and that's what mm-hmm. they survived on. So I'm like, that's how we got our big brains. That's how we did everything. So I, I just, but you you can't find a single completely vegan, uh, you know, society that that survived. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like so, yeah. Now, are are certain, you know, plants good for you? Maybe. Okay. I, and, and I don't demonize it. I mean, if it's if it works for you, it's good for you. I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, I was keto. I love my vegetables. I'm not going to lie. But if I need to add it back in, I will. But I just can't see how making me miserable and bloated and, you know, constipated is going to be good for me, you know. But, I, you know, I'll never say never. And, and that's always mm-hmm. a possibility because you know what, we don't have the research for that. I mean, yeah, l- realistically, we just have the past to look at that. That's it. And so it, it's hard to know. We we have all these stories, you know, we have carnivores that have been doing it for over 20 years are in cr- incredible shape. So, you know, who knows?
0: Mm, totally. Yeah. And I think, you raise a good point about um, what we did in the past, because before we were farming, you know, massive amounts of crops for vegans to be able to be vegans, um, and in addition, supplements to be made in order for those vegans to yeah. be nutritionally yeah. complete. Like, and they they do all these ridiculously absurd documentaries, which. I actually cringe at saying that they're documentaries because The Game Changers is just a straight-up oh, vegan um, propaganda lie. Yeah. Um, and and so – but all these athletes that they brag about that are living these ethically amazing lives, uh, you know, they're, they've they got like 25 supplements that they have to, t- you know, take each day. And I, and I think that if we're trying to get healthy, we need to move towards, uh, you know, as natural as possible, as wholesome as possible and and if we think about it, if we 're in the wild and we caught here in Australia, you might catch very easily a kangaroo they 're everywhere, um, and you know you would be fine for probably a month. but if you only had to you know eat what you found in the way of plants, it would you would get you would lose weight, you would definitely you know struggle to survive nutritionally, so i think that 's a really good way to look at it and plus these I shared a post today actually on my Instagram. Um, I, I forget the quote exactly, but it was if we get into the ethical conversation, it's that everybody pays farmers to kill animals. It's just that, you know, farmers that do crops do it in order to clear the land so that they can grow more crops. And, you know, those of us that eat meat do it to eat the meat. So the ethical conversation is, is, Kind of null and void as well, right?
1: I agree, absolutely, hundred percent. Because if you, if, that's just a, an an argument. That's just an excuse. That's a validation, whatever. But you know the, the mm. whole supplementation thing that gets me too. Because when you need something so incredibly important like B vitamins, hello,
0: yeah, B twelve to
1: to function. And you're not getting that. That tells me that's not a complete diet, okay? It, it mm-hmm. just doesn't. Now, there's a difference between supplementation nowadays. I mean, most of us are magnesium deficient uh, be- mm-hmm. because of our soil and e- even a carnivore. I- I'm magnesium deficient. And yeah, totally. He, you I know, take
0: magnesium every day. I-,
1: I do too. So there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. It's It's not <laughs> a... A vital chunk of your nutrition that is essential you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. you just may need to supplement because of depletions not because you're literally missing a link you know that's Mm -hmm. so that whole argument I'm just like I'm sorry no because like a carnivore does not have to have that there's nothing Mm -hmm. that they have to uh, supplement with other than you know like magnesium and there's some things that all of us because of the depletion Uh, that we have to have in order to be able to do that specific diet. There's not.
0: Mm. Well, and and I think as well there's a nuance in this part of the conversation which goes from Eating a good diet and then going to optimal health, right. and I think I think for maybe people like you and I, these kind of supplements we add in, we know this stuff so well that we're like, oh, I can feel even better. Yeah, like so, <laughs> so it's really like kind of you know that biohacking space that we move into to really optimize. But for you know the the average family that's you know struggling to make ends meet and that needs to make sure that their kids and themselves are nutritionally dense, um, you know, so that they can grow up and have their kids grow brains that actually function, um, that yeah, eating meat is is going to give you pretty much all the nutrition you need, which leads me to ask a question that I always get in the carnivore conversation. Vitamin C, where are you getting your vitamin C from?
1: <laughs> well, meat actually does have some trace vitamin C in it. But I will say that I tested my vitamin C and it. I don't supplement vitamin C. And it was the high normal, like way at the top high normal. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Because I honestly wasn't expecting that because of such an issue. I figured I was kind of like low normal, you know, like I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. So I didn't figure I was really deficient, but at the same time, I was not expecting that. And that made me just go, "See," (laughs) you know, so, (laughs) so no, (laughs) it doesn't tend to be that big of an issue. And the other thing too, is when you're eating Clean and, and your nutrient dense food, there's some speculation. And, you know, the nutrition science is just so difficult because you just can't ethically yeah. do it correctly that, you know, you don't really know everything like it's their speculation that because when you you have a nutrient dense diet that you don't necessarily need as much of certain vitamins and minerals as somebody who has eaten the crap standard american diet does
0: Mm -hmm. Well, especially if we talk about vitamin C, vitamin C is an antioxidant and it's the first antioxidant to go to depletion when toxins are in the body. And so if you're eating the standard American diet, of course you need more vitamin C (laughs) because it needs to be there to defend from all the crap you're putting in. (laughs) And
1: magnesium.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's the other thing with magnesium too. Um, Like we live such stressed lives, like our our adrenals are knackered Mm -hmm. all the time. Our stress response system is being switched on so much and magnesium is such a significant significant part of that process that it's no surprise that it's easy to be deficient in magnesium with how stressed we all are.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think honestly, that's my biggest thing is that I do know that my cortisol is really high. Um, so, mm-hmm. and, and when you have high cortisol, as you know, it zaps your magnesium. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. And when you eat sugar, this little tidbit here, it, ta- it, it takes 27 grams of um, magnesium mm-hmm. to process one gram of sugar.
0: Yeah, well, that puts it in perspective.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like so think about that when you're eating a Snickers bar and, and you're not yeah. <laughs> not getting your magnesium in. And magnesium is so important to like everything. It's like you need it for oh, it's everything. So is. Like set over seven hundred functions in the body. So when you start mm. depleting stuff like that, and yeah. And we're we're already naturally pretty much, you know, not as uh you know, filled with magnesium as normal or we would have been a long time
0: (laughs) ago. And that that brings up another nutrient. So um, a lot of people may or may not know, but um, magnesium and calcium, uh, they're at a balance in the body. And so if you're supplementing one in abundance, you will reduce the other one. Um, So you've got to make sure that you're taking in both. And there's a lot of magnesiums that are like called MagnaCal. So they come with both so that you're not knocking one off the perch. But in a... um, in a carnivore diet, generally, most people think of calcium and then they think cow's milk and dairy products. So, what about people that are on carnivore that aren't having dairy? Or do most carnivores include dairy? So, where do they get the calcium?
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> there there's a big controversy over dairy anyway. I mean oh God mm-hmm. it's such a sensitive subject. <laughs> People like lose their minds. I made a post right. or I reposted something today on Instagram and it was yeah. it was about things that you know can are endocrine disruptors. and one of them was mm-hmm. um dairy and alcohol. People lost their minds over that. And I'm like, okay, everybody's a little bit different. If you can handle dairy, that's great. But just because you think you can handle dairy, you may not be handling dairy very well. It could be very inflammatory. So, you Mm -hmm. know, there is this thing. Um, A lot do, yes. Um, I went a good, gosh, probably a year without any dairy, like any heavy cream Mm -hmm. or cheese or anything like that. Number one, because it just, I just, didn't care about it. It just it wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, something. And so why, um, I, yeah. I had no need for it. Um, and then here lately I've been kind of <laughs> upping the dairy a little bit. I think I need to kind of pull that away cause I don't think I'm doing as well on it. I've noticed like some, like mm-hmm. getting a rash around my eyes and, and uh, right there. And so I'm yeah, kind of yeah. uh, thinking that has to do with the dairy anyway. So yeah, uh, some people, yes, they get their calcium from, mm-hmm. um, you know, the dairy yeah it's some people's supplement but i mean honestly i've never had a problem with calcium ever so you know yeah. we're getting it just fine I, I there's really nothing that we're deplete in really that it stands out as a group anyway I'm, i there's you know individuals yeah. i'm sure that have you know the low this and For that sure. but if you look at uh, carnivores as a, as a whole we're really not lacking anything you know so
0: The link is in the show notes below. When you wake up in the morning, do you feel tired and run down before the day has even begun? Like you're about to drag yourself through another day. You get up, take the kids to school, go to work, do all of the things, whilst simultaneously thinking, ugh, I should be eating better food and looking after myself. Then at night, you're lying in bed feeling worn out, staring at the ceiling saying, I wish I felt good in my own skin again just like I used to. If this feels familiar, you're not alone. The most successful group of people that I work with are just like you. They're busy mums wanting to get their health and their body back. If you're a busy mum, I'd like to invite you to join my free Facebook group called The Busy Mums Collective. Reclaim your health, energy and self-confidence. Inside the group, you'll get access to regular bite-sized pieces of education, guiding you to increase your energy levels, develop healthy habits, and wake up each day feeling good about both your body and the day ahead. To join the group, it's just three simple steps. Scroll down to the show notes below, tap the link, And be sure to answer the three group entry questions to gain access. And since I'm guessing you're the boss at home, who knows? Maybe the other half and the kids will accidentally get a bit healthier too. (laughs) Again, the group is called the Busy Mums Collective. Reclaim your health, energy and self-confidence. The link is in the show notes below. Sound good? Fabulous. I'll see you in the DMs and on the welcome post inside the group. Yeah, that's so great. It's yeah. It's just just going through those to sort of bust some myths for people because they're questions that I get um, instantly, and not to forget that, um, like we're currently in a situation where governments and you know sort of major food groups as well as the World Health Organization <laughs> mm-hmm. are encouraging people across yeah. the globe. To eat less meat for the sustainability of the planet, claiming that you know we already consume too much meat and it's killing the earth, and we're seeing this sort of transition at least here in Australia with fast food restaurants uh, moving to plant-based menus and including things like the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger, mm. and many of these plant-based initiatives sort of they masquerade uh, through their marketing as the healthy alternative because we were all raised on the idea that fruits and vegetables means health, yeah. and so. I'm curious, on that note, as a carnivore, what's your opinion or position or response to that idea that plant-based menus will save the earth?
1: Well, I think it's absolutely uh, incredibly ridiculous, and uh, Mm -hmm. there is an agenda. There is an agenda. It's not about our health. Nothing is Mm -hmm. really about our health when we're talking about the government and, you know, big food, et cetera. (laughs) It's not about our health. Sorry, hate to break it to you, but I don't care, okay? It's money, basically, Mm -hmm. and power, whatever. But um, it's not about our health. Um, The Beyond Burger, oh, good God. Have you seen the ingredients in that? Well, I know you have. Uh, The seed oil in it and the disgusting stuff. And if you compare those ingredients with bad dog food, which most of mm-hmm. it is, it, it's pretty similar. So yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. It's it's chemical crap storm. It really is. Mm-hmm. It, it is disgusting because like you talked about earlier, we need to get back to more natural, more whole foods, mm-hmm. more what our ancestors would have eaten in, in a more natural way in, in as best we can in this concrete jungle we live in. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, <laughs> the, when you have a list of, I don't know how many ingredients, I want to say like 30 ingredients, that's disgusting. It's made totally. in a lab. It is not mm-hmm. like this wholesome, oh, vegetable patty. No, that is not what's in that. You know, it yeah. is, it is, no, it is a lab concoction. It is not where they take up carrots and cut them up or something. No. Like.
0: <laughs> I remember when I was in high school, maybe when the idea of lab grown meat came out. Ugh. And this was before I before I was even a scientist and even during my early science years, I was like, this is so cool. You know, we get to control what goes in it. So nobody will be nutritionally deficient. And now like, you know, 10 to 15 years later, I'm like, the problem is that we can control it and know what goes into it. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. So why not (laughs) eat what nature gives you? That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. We were provided with, with the foods that, We're supposed to eat. Every animal has their species appropriate food and ours Mm -hmm. is not made in a lab. Sorry, it's not, you know. And the whole, you know, oh, animals are bad for the environment. Uh, Hello, people. We need the animals. We are are animals. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's (laughs) it's ludicrous. I mean, we need those animals. We need them to help regenerate the earth. We cannot just keep, you know, monocropping, you know. We're ruining our soil. That's part of the reason why we are magnesium deficient. Because of all this, mm. you know, for, for the plants instead of and, you know having the animals and, and uh, yeah, it, that's a whole long discussion.
0: They talk about that in the regenerative farming movement mm-hmm. as well, because in order to have nutritionally dense soils, you mm. need animals to die on those soils and go and have their nutritional abundance from their organs and everything go into that soil. So it's almost like. Like the vegan community or the plant-based community need dead animals in order to get really good nutrients from their plants, right?
1: Mm, Yeah, (laughs) about that. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's an awkward conversation. Yeah,
1: right. Well, have you heard like some of them talk about how they will, uh, you know, put poo on on their their, their, but they they also eat that because they get some of the um, vitamins that they need from that. So, so that's their. You know, solution. And I'm like,
0: that's a commitment.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I may, you know, try some organ meats and stuff like that, but that's as gross as I'm going. Okay. You know, like i'm not eating poo
0: <laughs> yeah that that is terrifying but um yeah, yeah you raise a really good point there about organs so being carnivore it's kind of like vegan you, you know you've got a supplement for it but the way we would supplement in a carnivore diet right is eating nose to tail
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: so can you talk Which, a little bit about nose to tail
1: yeah I, I mean i absolutely advocate for that i think it's great I personally don't like organs. I've tried. Oh, it's so hard to like organs. I just don't (laughs) like it. I've tried. I mean, I really have tried. I have videos out there. I've tried. Um, But it's just not my thing. But again, I don't feel deficient. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: I mean, I may not be lacking anything, you know, as far as that goes, because uh, people claim that they actually crave it. I don't crave it. So there's something disconnected there, you know, so I don't know, but I think it's, uh, it's great. And like you talked about, being in good health is one thing, but taking it to the next level, to be optimal health, that's Mm -hmm. a totally different thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some people are okay being in, in, in that, you know, they're, they're healthy, they're, they're, they're good but others want that bam. And those are the people who are going to eat the nose to tell and et cetera, you know? uh, And I think that's fabulous. And I, I really wished I could, uh, deal with it. I mean, I can force it down, but why I, I've been miserable eating food long enough, you know, <laughs> why? Yeah. why, you know, and, and I, I'm not lacking anything other than, you know, again, like I said, mm-hmm. magnesium, that's really the only thing I have an issue with. And I've tested because, you know, you get all these uh, cool test kits, you know, that you, you get to try out and all. And so mm-hmm. I've done everything. And, um, so I, I, have a good idea where I'm at so, I'm I'm pretty confident again. It's over the stupid magnesium, but whatever. And I'm still working
0: on that. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just got me thinking about those um, those organ capsules that you mm-hmm. can now buy. So mm-hmm. I um I have a I don't necessarily put many people onto a carnivore diet per se. Although most days I'm pretty much carnivore myself. But um, some some women that I work with benefit from some of those supplements and notice mm-hmm. rapidly when those supple- when they run out of their supplements whether it be a beef liver supplement or it could be you know any type of organ depending on what they've got going on that they're supplementing and you don't taste it it's in a capsule right um so do you use those as tools for people at all
1: um i i actually i had some sent to me to try and so i was really excited mm-hmm. about that so i tried them and for me um, mm-hmm. I didn't notice any difference at all, but mm-hmm. again, I think it goes back to, I wasn't lacking anything. I really yeah, believe that. And, um, because I hear other people claim that they notice a huge difference. And so yes, I absolutely would. If I felt like that was, you know, something they were missing again, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I may, maybe I'm weird. I don't know, but, um, I really didn't, <laughs> I, I, I'm weird, but it's all right. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I think that it's a a great thing and and a great option for somebody who Mm -hmm. just really can't develop the taste. I mean, of course, fresh is better, obviously, but Mm -hmm. um, that's the next best thing. And um, a lot of people do claim that it's really helped them a lot. And I don't care what diet you're on. Um, Mm -hmm. That would be something if you want to take your health to the next level would be a good thing to try out and see if maybe that works for you. It's not going to hurt you. I mean oh, no <laughs> you know. way
0: no so. I mean beef liver is so incredibly nutrition dense mm. it's it's crazy and for anybody listening I actually just had liver in my my breakfast or lunch it's it's 1 1 in the afternoon roughly here in Australia and so um I broke my fast with bone broth first so that's another way to get mm. lots of that great nutrition in um mm. but the way that I hide liver cuz I don't know anyone that loves liver to be totally honest but the way that I hide it in things is that I um, I pull it out of the freezer and then I wait about 10 minutes until it's like soft and then I get the grater out and I grate it into tiny shavings um, and then I add it to about a kilogram of – so, I, and it's probably how many grams would it be? Probably maybe 200 grams, 100 grams of um, – somewhere between there 100 and 200 grams of liver and then i add it to a kilo of beef mince and then spices flavorings you don't even know it's there the amount of people that i've fed it to that are listening to this podcast and have no idea that they've eaten it (laughs) i did you all a favor but there's there's definitely ways to hide these foods
1: yeah i agree and i've done that and i can do that there was definitely a point where it went too far i can't remember Mm -hmm. what the ratio is now that i figured out back when i was doing all the different you know fear factor or taste <laughs> test. That's what I called it, you know, facing my food fears because that, that was always something so disgusting to me, or all these different things, you know, like brains and kidneys and, you know, whatever. And so I decided as I found stuff, I was going to try it mm-hmm. just. You know, you know, being a carnivore, I, I should try that, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I did try the liver multiple ways. I did kind mm-hmm. of what you said, um, where I kind of froze it and then, you know, use a grater.
0: Well, boy,
1: mm-hmm. if you let that thaw too much, it is a mushy, nasty. nasty little <laughs> blah, blah, little, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like this. Stuff, and I'm like, what? Totally. Uh, but I, uh, this is weird, <clears throat> especially since I kind of have like, I don't want to say I have a squeamish stomach because I'm just kind of over all of it. My hands in raw food <laughs> all the time. I feed my dogs mm-hmm. raw, and let me tell you, they have some nasty stuff in there. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not not you know weird like that. But um, I tried the liver raw, just plain raw. Mm -hmm. And that by far was the best taste because it didn't have a taste really. It had just a very, very slight taste. But when you cook it, the taste is, uh, but the texture was a disgusting. It was like (laughs) this. It was, I don't, I don't even know. It was not good. I've never eaten it
0: raw. Was it kind of like, um, mussels? No. Like eating seafood? No? No, no.
1: It, the consistency is kind of like. Almost like flan. Have you ever had flan? Like flan, whatever you call it. Um, it's no. kind of like um, custard, where it has the the um, thick top to it, like the subtle top, like on pudding mm. when you don't put plastic wrap down and it gets that. You know, uh, it, it's like that, yeah. but but a little bit harder. Kind of, I don't know. It's just yeah, yeah. That's not good. Uh, no,
0: I'm. I've got a question that I'm just totally curious about. Do you think um, people are grossed out by the idea of organs because we've just been desensitized from when we were in nature and and the the meat industry has only been putting muscle meats in front of us for Mm -hmm. you know however many decades now but because back in the day when somebody you know when a a group of hunters went out got a kill and they, you know, they'd pull it all apart like everybody would share all the different pieces.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Yes, absolutely. Um, because mm-hmm. we have been desensitized. We're very removed from our food. And that's part of mm-hmm. the issue we have. And, you know, I, my, my family is full of hunters. Uh, my husband, my son, my son-in-law, my daughter even. And mm-hmm. I'm the only non-hunter. I'm the only Mm -hmm. one and I'm the carnivore so go figure but I decided (laughs) okay you know what I think I'm going to take up bow hunting I think I need to be you know a part of the whole process my husband was like Mm, yeah no I don't think you should and my son's like no mom no nope that's not going to be good (laughs) for you then you're probably not going to ever eat meat again and I'm like no but I think it's a good process But no they're they're right because I am very believe it or not I'm a carnivore but I am a major animal lover and I mean I'm the one that'll cry seeing an animal on the side of the road you know as you pass it Um, I'm one of those kind of people and so You know that would be hard for me. I think, but I I think that's something we should do. You know, to to be part of that, to know where our food Mm. comes from. It it doesn't come from the grocery store. I mean, that's where you go buy, but that's not where it comes from. You know, (laughs) and and you just really have no idea what's going on. And and yeah, we are so far removed from from the food we eat. And yeah, um, I, I know. Like even my. My parents, how they grew up was very different because they did eat organs and et cetera, liver especially. Mm. And um, I hear stories about blood sausage.
0: Mm, I've heard a lot. Yeah.
1: I remember as a kid hearing the process of blood sausage and about heaving. You know, I was like, how do you (laughs) eat congealed blood? What is wrong with you people? You know, but that was very normal. And and there are some people who Mm. still do that, you know, like farmers and et cetera. And, you know, like Germans and, and uh, you know, how they do their, their. So, yeah. But most of us, yeah, we don't, we don't have a clue. Hmm.
0: Mm, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and the same in the plant world. We're really, really removed from the whole farming process yep. and the amount of pesticides and chemicals and uh, soil manipulation and nature that is killed in the name of, um, you know, crop farming. So there's, yeah, there's a rabbit hole to go down in every direction, but which is why I'm a big fan of the regenerative farming movement because. Yes it yeah really brings both plants and animals into a much more harmonious environment irrelevant of your dietary choice the nutritional density is going to be better the you know especially if there's animals in your diet then you know you're going to get healthier meat from the animal living on a regenerative farm but also the killing process is much different um is a great difference compared to factory farming which i think is uh, of huge benefit to the quality of the and nutrition in that animal
1: absolutely it makes a huge difference
0: yeah. Yeah. So, question um, What are the top two or three transition tips for people that are listening to this episode? They're having their belief, belief systems shattered right now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, where do I start?
1: Well, it kind of depends. I mean, are they coming from keto? Coming from keto is not that difficult. I think mm. it, it can be a little bit harder from somebody's standard American diet and then jumping straight into carnivore. That can be a little jolting. Mm. But sure. it's, it's, it just depends on the person, honestly, because um, sometimes there are the people who just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's just go for it. You know, and then there's <laughs> others that yeah, like me and can dip my toe in the water a little bit and then put in my foot, then my, you know, mm-hmm. up to my knees and then never mind. I'm out. But, you know, so it kind of depends on the person. But if you're one of those uh, people who just want to rip the Band-Aid off, get it on, get the bad side effects over with, be done with it, then jump straight in, go for it. And Mm -hmm. the best way to do that, and people always ask me, well, what do you eat? You eat animals, you know, or something (laughs) that comes from an animal, you know, and it's usually best when you're first starting out to leave off dairy. And, um, and if you're trying to do it as elimination diet to see what you react to coffee is a good one to kind of eliminate in the beginning at least at least for the first I usually say like three months you know like the first 90 days like try to do without dairy and maybe coffee if you can stand if not whatever just have your coffee god that's a trigger subject you know if it's that no, just just have it you know <laughs> but if you really want to find out what you're reacting to sometimes that's a good thing anyway so just have your meat specifically red meat that's usually Usually the best way to start is is Mm or ruminant animals, red meat, ruminant animals and um, basically water or, you know, some if you can handle sparkling water, that's okay too. And um, salt. And and that's how a lot of people start. I am not particularly fond of just the salt. I like spices. And so Mm -hmm. from the get go, I've used limited spices. I've used like the Redmond's, you know, that they have the seasoned salt. And yeah. there's a couple of other people like the paleo powder pink um that doesn't have sugar et cetera so i'll i will i have always used seasoning to a degree um
0: have you have you used pluck?
1: Pluck. Oh wait, that's the organ. Yes, yeah, I the or-
0: organ salts. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I need to do a review on that because I finally did use that uh, probably about a month ago. I've just been terrible about editing, um, but yes, um, I liked it. Fine. I mean, mm. the the only question I have with that is, does it really matter? Like, because you're not using a lot of it because you're using it as a yeah. spice. So I wonder mm-hmm. if it's it's a great concept. I thought it tasted great. Um, yep. I liked it a lot, but I mean, the value of it, I don't know. I
0: don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have the guy that, um, founded pluck coming on the yeah. show. Ooh, so I yeah. can ask him for yeah, you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious, but I mean, I thought it was really good and I put it in mm-hmm. ground meat and kind of made like a, a use it like a taco seasoning and mm, it was yeah. really good. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like organs or the taste of it. And, couldn't taste at all. I even you dip my finger in and just. You know, tasted it straight out of the yeah. package just just to see. And I liked it. I thought it was really good. So I would mm-hmm. definitely, you know, have no problem using that at all. Um, yeah. But but that's one thing. And the other thing too, like if you're coming from keto, um mm-hmm. and, and you want to just kind of gradually transition into it. And that's kind of what I did. Cause when I started keto, I did the whole thing about um reproducing the food that I used to love, but keto buy mm-hmm. it, you know. And occasionally yeah. I would have keto treats and I did the fat bomb. Blah, blah, and I did the desserts and you know the cauliflower rice whatever and then by mm-hmm. the end I was kind of over it so I was already kind of weeding things out pretty much I was eating meat and, and I, some cream sauces you know that uh, to get your fat up whatever um sometimes mm-hmm. as needed and um vegetables that that's, that's what I was eating anyway. So really all I did was just remove the vegetables and it was super simple for me and I was already fat adapted. So it made it super easy. Um, mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on the person. Really. If you're already keto, just, just kind of wean off the vegetables a little bit and see, see what it's like. And then give, you got to give it some time though. You got to give it, you know, at least 60 yeah. days, 90 days is better. Um, do, do a cha- challenge. That's how I started. i I got talked into that challenge 30 day challenge and mm-hmm. after you know a couple of days of of you know having this awesome digestion digest, i was like okay i'll do the 30 days yeah and then after <laughs> that it just kind of you get used to it and it becomes you know just normal and then you realize the simplicity and mm-hmm. once you realize that you don't want to go back now and the
0: time saving. I,
1: uh, oh my god! Now I whine. I whine when I have to cook. You know, it's like I'm so used to just you know, you cook meat. It's easy. Bam, you're done, and not you don't have to do all these side dishes and these sauces and you know all that kind of mess. It just makes life mm-hmm. so much simpler. And you know, yeah, believe me, I whine now. It's like what? <laughs> and, and like for Thanksgiving, matter of fact, which is on Thursday, um, we're having fillets. And yeah. I'm making potatoes, but instead of, mm-hmm. uh, everybody likes baked potatoes and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Occasionally I'll have a bite of potatoes, whatever, but um, I'm going to do kind of like a a baked potato casserole, if you will, where mm-hmm. I just take the inside, but I mix it with sour cream and cheese, and you know that kind of thing. So it's like you mixed it up in your potato, but it's yeah. all in one. So I'm doing that, and then like my my dad is going to make some other stuff to go along with it. But that, that I'm going to eat the fillet. And everybody's happy Mm -hmm. about that. They're like, yeah, fillet. (laughs) And they're really nice, good fillets, you know, super tender, a little pricey, but whatever, it's worth it. It's a holiday, right? And yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, Yeah, the thought of turkey just, mm. and then having to deal with all the sides and the cooking and everything, even though I don't even eat it, it's like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. 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 So my life is going to be easy. I just boil some potatoes and mix everything up. That's, that's all my part, you know, and then we slap the fillets on the grill. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's simple. It's nice. Yeah.
0: So I've got a million questions to ask you, so we might have to do this again sometime. But <laughs> um, where can everybody listening find you online and where can they get your stuff?
1: Oh, God, everywhere. Um, Instagram is my <laughs> big one, and I'm under Lone Star Keto Girl, all one word, And I'm also on Twitter, Lone Star Keto, but uh, it has to have dashes between it because they didn't have enough room. So Mm -hmm. annoying. I hate when you can't have the same name, but it's like you start out one place and you want the same name, so you have to do versions anyway. Um, And I do have a website, but I don't really post new stuff. It's pretty much keto. I'm going to be moving a little bit more carnivore and into some other stuff. So I have another website going, but um, you can find all my information information off of instagram that's the best bet just go to my profile and there's a link and it's got everything so
0: yeah amazing and for everybody listening you know the deal i will put all of uh, amber's links down in the show notes below so scroll down give her an instagram follow she puts out a heap of amazing content and shares lots of awesome stuff um and before we wrap up amber what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about
1: oh gosh (laughs) Well, this is something I had to learn. Is just because something works for you today doesn't mean it's gonna work for you tomorrow. That you're always having to evolve and change as your situation evolves and changes, and as Mm -hmm. your body evolves and changes. And that is a very, very important thing to learn because don't marry yourself to only a certain idea of, for instance, carnivore. Like, oh, that's it. You, You have to do it this exact way. Only eat red meat, only have salt, nothing else ever. Well, it may be great for a while, but maybe. There's going to come a time where it's not, and maybe you're Mm -hmm. going to have to switch stuff up. So always be willing to experiment and follow what your body needs, not what other people tell you.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: You know, you got to listen to your body. Yeah, it's very important.
0: I love that you shared that. Yeah, it's I think a lot of people on Instagram particularly are like it's this way this is the best and so it's so nice to have somebody that's you know on potentially something you would describe as a restrictive diet <laughs> say something like that. So that's really refreshing. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is important because, I mean, we're all very different. And again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I may be, you know, next time you talk to me, I'd be maybe going, oh, guess what? I I changed to this. (laughs) And you'll be going, what?
0: (laughs) Uh, Amazing. Well, it's been so great having you on the show. And I think we've had a great conversation. I would love to invite you back again soon. But for now, thank you for being here. And we'll catch you really soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Maddie. And I'll be having Maddie on my podcast soon. So,